redwoods, you know, that thin strip in Northern California up into Southern Oregon, these massive, gorgeous trees. They grow in the, the, the rainforest valleys and the fog feeds them. Uh, just beautiful. The, the biggest ones can, can grow to over 32 stories. And they discovered uh, recently the tallest redwood that they know about. It's called the Hyperion. And um, how, it's, it's 379 feet tall. Get your mind around that, how big it is. These trees, some of them have trunks that are 30 feet in diameter, and their bark is like a foot thick. They're just amazing, beautiful trees. Some as old as 2,000 years. I mean, they've been around. They've seen a lot come and go, and still they stand with beautiful majesty. And I want to tell you, God loves these trees. I know this because in the beginning, when God created the trees, he said, this is very good. This is good. He loves trees. He loves his creation. And if you read the Bible with an eye for trees, you'll see trees all through the Bible. They're significant. In some characters, lots of important things happen around trees. And I want to highlight there's a tree in the beginning and there's a tree in the end of the Bible and there's a tree in the middle. So really quickly, you know, we go back to Genesis 1, 2, and 3 all the time here at the River Church because we understand that most of the rest of the story, the Bible, is a reaction to what happened in Genesis 1, 2, and 3. And Eden was planted, the humans were put in the garden, and in the middle of the garden was the tree of life and also the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And when God looked at all those trees, he said, they're pleasing to the eye and good for food. Trees are amazing. And they're just beautiful. They provide so much good food. But then you go all the way to the end of the Bible in Revelation chapter 2, and we discover that Eden has been restored. It's where we're headed. And it says on each side of the river stood the tree of life. There it is again bearing 12 crops of fruit, yielding its fruit every month. And then you go right to the middle of the Bible. And Paul refers to this because Paul picks up a theme in the Old Testament where they understood cursed is anyone who hangs on a tree. And you know our Savior gave his life, was crucified on a tree. He took our curse that was meant for us, and he bore our sins in his own body on a tree. I think about that tree. That tree handpicked out of all the trees to be the tree that the Savior would give his life on. And those who follow hard after God are compared to trees in the Bible. And, and I, I so, I want this to be true of my life. In Jeremiah 17, 7 and 8, but blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. They will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream. It does not fear when heat comes. Its leaves are always green. 
It has no worries in a year of drought, uh, of drought and never fails to bear fruit. I want to be like that tree. I want that to be true of me. I want to listen to the trees because I think they're telling us something important. And you know, this Jeremiah word means we've got to be proactive because it's usually too late once the heat comes. Oh, I better get my roots out there into the water. No, when that comes, the leaves are going to disappear. And our text for today, I believe it's a promise for us. It's in Isaiah 55 and verse 12. You will go out in joy and be led forth in peace. The mountains and hills will burst into song before you, and all the trees of the field will clap their hands. Have you ever heard the trees clapping their hands when you go backpacking into their midst? It's a beautiful thing. You know, we sometimes are so technological and materialistic that we think, oh yeah, that, that's just this metaphor about the trees. And I, I don't, I don't want to be too, like, you know, weird here, though my wife did say it was really weird that I put our date in the blurb. But um, I've read enough of C.S. Lewis and J.R.R. Tolkien that my imagination has been ignited with the reality that trees are not just trees. That these beautiful, majestic beings have a lot to, uh, to infuse us with if we'll just pay attention and let it go a little bit. Because one of my deep joys is uh, to be in the mountains among the trees. You know, I just kind of have this dream of being a forest ranger and uh, protecting the wilderness, you know. Like, I want to be on a horse and I want to have a gun. And I just want to go out there way, way far away and just make sure that uh, the mountain lions are happy at nighttime. But I've uh, got three lessons that I have learned from the trees. I want to share today because I, I think the trees are speaking to us. One is way up in the canopy. The second is down deep in the roots. And the third is right up there on the leaves. So first of all, let's go way up into the canopy of these beautiful trees. Uh, when I was a young youth pastor, single up in the Bay Area, my friend Will Milne invited me to go climb trees with him. And we went up onto Skyline Boulevard, which is that road on the spine in the hills west of Palo Alto. And there's these beautiful Douglas firs, 150, 200 feet. And he said, hey, let's go climb. So three or four of us, five of us went out there. and We used to climb these trees. And they're, they're like, I mean, they're super, super tall. 150, 200 feet, and we would get in these trees and we would climb and we would see how close we could get to the top of the canopy of these trees. Now, I am not endorsing this practice here for this uh, crowd or anyone listening online because when I look back and think about what we did, it was absolutely crazy because sometimes the trunk of that tree would be so, so thin and you'd be up there and you could feel you were swaying, you thought, what, what if this breaks, you know, and you're so high up there. But it was amazing, you know, you've been backpacking and before GPS and you're wondering where that stream is because you're running out of water and you hear it, you can hear, I think there's water over that ridge and then you realize, no, 
That is the beautiful sound of the wind in the top of the trees. That is just a magical, invigorating sound, though you still hadn't found any water. The coastal redwoods, these, these beauties, you know, there's an entire ecosystem up in the canopy. I mean, there's animals up there. There's, there's other plants that have actually grown on the limbs of these trees and create a, a kind of a whole new experience up there. There's, there's berries to be had up there. And you know that there is such a thing as a forest canopy scientist who do their PhD work by going up and exploring what life is like in the canopy, way up high. They call it the green ocean up there in the heights. And they get up there, you get to the top, you look down, you can't even see the ground. You now have gotten above it all. You've been drawn up into a, another world, a heavenly world, a world where your vision now is clarified and your self-awareness is focused. We need to get up into a space where the noise and the chaos of the world has been silenced. When Will and I used to climb, you know, the Bay Area is known for all that fog that creeps from the ocean over the hills and down into the to the San Francisco Bay, and we often would start climbing, and it'd be totally foggy. You could barely see, and the branches are all slippery, but the higher we would climb, all of a sudden we realized, wait, we've just popped out above the fog. Do you see that lesson? That sometimes we have to climb up into the canopy to get above it, to remove ourselves from the chaos, to get our our heads and our minds and our thoughts clarified and clear. It's the place in the canopy as we're drawn upwards and we see those, those branches reaching for heaven where we can hear from God and listen to his voice. Because the trees teach me that up in the canopy, I long for transcendence. I long for the ability to connect with God. So I ask, where's your canopy? And it may not be 150 feet up in a tree. That might be terrifying. But we've got to have a, the place of the canopy where we hear God. I think all humans long for transcendence. This is, this is common to those who have a sense of God and those who don't. You know, you get in the mountains. You just go on vacation, get in the mountains, and you feel like you've entered a spiritual, divine space. You know, but it happens in a concert. Have you been to your favorite artist and the crowd? I mean, you're all one. And just up and down, and the, the music and the, and the feeling, and it's resonating deep within you. And, and you, you, you just feel it. Everybody longs for transcendence. And the trees are calling us upward, upward. Maybe it's a film. You're glad it's dark because you're crying 
in this film and hoping that, you know, the person next to you doesn't realize that tears are going down your face because there's something about this story, something about this film that taps deep inside. Or if you have had a newborn and you hold that little baby in your hands and you look into her face and you realize I could not love anything more than I love this child right now. That is that transcendence that just we are born to experience, to live out. And the trees call me up into the canopy. But here's what's important. In Psalm 121, the psalmist says, I lift up my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? Now, you need to understand what this psalmist is saying. My help doesn't come from the mountains. That's where the idols were, and that's where the people went up to worship the idols. No, the psalmist says, my help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. We don't worship the trees. The trees teach us that it is God who is the creator. Oh, yeah, you know, I just worship God when I'm surfing at the cove and the sun's going down. Or, you know, when I'm snowboarding, that, that's, that's my church. That, that's when I connect with God. What, the problem that we make sometimes is we forget that nature is not God. Nature is the result of the creator God who's giving us a gift. And nature is teaching us, you long for God. You long to be connected with God. You, you need this in your life. So the canopy. I got to get up into the canopy. And just feel God and listen to God and respond to God and have my heart cleansed by God and my vision purified by God. Number two, I want to go from the canopy down into the roots because the coastal redwoods, their roots are not deep. Now, that'd be a great spiritual lesson, man. You got to dig your roots down deep. But the redwoods, when they're speaking to us, they say, well, in this case, we don't dig our roots deep. We send them out super wide, 100 feet long roots within the forest. And here's the deal. They're interconnected. They're intertwined with one another, and that's where they get their strength. They're able to stand strong because of all the other trees that are living life with them in the forest. Intertwined. They get strength from those roots. They also share nutrients with one another. It's a very intimate relationship with these trees. It's why they can withstand storms and rain and fire. Because they hold each other up. They feed each other. And you and I have been plopped down in a culture in the 21st century that is, in one sense, the pinnacle of individualism. And one of the results is that our our American life has never been more lonely than it is right now. And it's hard to admit, I think particularly for a lot of men, so many men in their honest moments, they say, you know, I really, I really don't have any real friends. We've been raised in that kind of a 
climate. And believe me, if you want to be a beautiful, majestic redwood and you say, but it's too crowded over there and I don't really like people that much, so I think I'm going to go over here by myself, you will be firewood. You'll be laying on the ground, rotting from the inside out. It just doesn't work that way because I not only long for transcendence, but I long to belong. Now, the thing about me is that I'm an introvert, and if you know anything about the Enneagram, I think I'm a five and a five. Well, actually, I would love to take a book about God and go sit up in the canopy by myself. That's how I'm wired. But I know deep down inside how much I need you and how much you need me. We need one another. Man, when I'm left to myself with a book and just you know, thinking deep thoughts. It's just, it's, it's not a place that brings me clarity of thinking and good choice. I think everyone has this deep, universal longing. We were designed by the creator God to be connected to one another. Social media can be a beautiful help to stay in touch with people that are in different parts of the country, but when we use it to show off our vacations or when we don't have roots connected with other people and we go to social media in order to try to establish connection, it almost always backfires. And you read all the research and the research will tell us that social media with the motivation to somehow find our identity or boost our security, it backfires and it ends up making us feel badly about ourselves and isolated from others and it exacerbates the problem that we have in our wider culture. So we have to be so careful in terms of how we use that. In Colossians chapter 2, Paul says, So then, just as you receive Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him rooted and built up in him. And then see what grows out of that. He says, strengthened in the faith as you were taught and overflowing with thankfulness. This idea of being rooted in Jesus and intertwined with others is the pathway to strength and to an overflowing, bountiful, thriving life, which is marked by thankfulness rather than bitterness and cynicism and anger. In Hebrews 10, we're told, don't avoid relationships. Don't avoid connection. Even when it's hard, even when, you know, people bug you, it's important to lean into, to initiate, to be open to receiving connection and relationship with other people. In a place like this, the river, we got the beach, a bunch of people at the beach and a bunch of people at Norris and half our people are on vacation almost every single weekend. You know, it's like we're all over the place. And it's impossible for our roots to be intertwined with every single person at the river. Everyone can't be your best friend. You can't be in every Bible study or small group. But you got to be connected someplace. The early church, Acts 2.44, all the believers were together 
and they had everything in common. Now, that's not a, that's not a law. That's descriptive of what was happening. They were sharing stuff back and forth. A sharing church that's full of strength and thanksgiving, offering themselves, giving themselves away to each other is a beautiful, beautiful picture of what Jesus was envisioning. So, number three. I long for transcendence, therefore, i got to get up into the canopy. And I long to belong, therefore, i got to pay attention to the roots. That they're intertwined and connected with someone's life that we just, we're just like, we share, you know, we just know. Third is out on the leaves. Out on the leaves of these beautiful trees, you've probably been hearing in the media about the Amazon rainforest and how it's burning down. You know, the Amazon rainforest is so critical for our lives, even here in the South Bay, even though it's so far away, because it's got, the the rainforest has gotten the name of the lungs, the lungs of the world. They are our lungs because trees take in toxins from the atmosphere and they breathe out oxygen. Not beautiful. So I'm not a botanist, and you know, I, I don't want you to think this is a, 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 a sermon about trees, even though it is. And a lot of people will probably leave this sermon talking about trees and their love of trees. And I love trees, and I hope you talk about that. But here's the deal the trees are speaking to us about something really important. And, I, and I, I did a little research. How do trees clean the air? Get this. The world's forests absorb a third of global emissions every year. A third. They absorb it. Particles, odors, pollutant gases, such as nitrogen oxides, ammonia, sulfur dioxide, they settle on the leaves of the trees. And trees absorb these toxic chemicals through their stomata or pores, effectively filtering these chemicals from the air. Trees also mitigate the greenhouse gas effect by trapping heat, reducing ground level ozone um, levels, and they release life-giving oxygen. That is an amazing design by our creator for this planet. But that's not my point. I believe that Jesus has sent us out into the world to be leaves that absorb the toxins in our society and breathe out beautiful Holy Spirit-infused oxygen back into the world. That's part of our role. That to me is mind-boggling because I've always been taught, get as far away as you can from a toxic person. And believe me, there's a lot of toxic people in this world. There's toxic people in our church, for crying out loud. And sometimes that's been me. Our discourse has become so toxic with very little grace. And we, as followers of Jesus Christ, have been called to open wide our leaves with parameters and say, 
I will absorb this evil the way Jesus absorbed all the world's evil on the cross and turned that evil around to where Paul could say, oh, death, where is your victory? Where is your sting? To absorb and to breathe out air. In Revelation 22, I read it. Eden restored. On each side of the river stood the tree of life bearing 12 crops of fruit, yielding its fruit every month. What a beautiful picture of the church scattered abroad. And get this. And the leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nations. That is Jesus' vision for life in the kingdom. The leaves are for the healing of the nations. Friends, we have been planted in this community to not add to the toxicity in our social media posts, in our conversations. But strengthened as we're rooted in him, overflowing with thankfulness in our relationships with toxic environments to be able by the Holy Spirit to absorb that and breathe out oxygen. Life-giving oxygen. Christians ought to be the lungs of the planet. The trees are speaking to us. You know, I long for transcendence. And I long to belong. And I also long to help. All of us were designed to help other people. And we just celebrated the 19th horrific anniversary of 9-11. And what happened to our country when 9-11 happened? It changed us forever. But what did we do? As one people, we rushed to help. No matter what faith, no matter what kind of belief people had, they just knew this is what you do. In, in national disasters and crises, our people will, will rush to help and in, are incredibly generous. That ought to tell us. The leaves are speaking. Healthy leaves changes this world. I long to help. I think the Apostle Paul gives us a hint as to how to do this in Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 through 7. He says, rejoice in the Lord always. That's the starting point. That's one reason why when Jasmine and Godwin and the team, they lead us, we are are given opportunity to rejoice in the Lord always. In fact, Paul says, I'll say it again. Rejoice. This is so important. This posture and this attitude of joy and worship and rejoicing in God. Let your gentleness be evident to all. Oh, that we as a church would be known for our gentle spirit in our relationships with each other in this community. Paul says, the Lord is near. And this is how we do it. He says, do not be anxious about anything. Well, that's easy for you to say, Paul. I'm anxious about everything. Do not be anxious about anything, but here's your response. Practice this instead. In every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. Do you see that? Rather than anxiety, 
shift to bringing every situation in your life by prayer and petition to God and make sure you include thanksgiving. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you for that toxic coworker, God. Present your request to God. And here's the outcome. And then the peace of God, which transcends all human understanding, that peace will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. That's why we can absorb toxicity and breathe out life-giving oxygen. Because we have a relationship with God who watches over us and fills us and cares for us. And Jesus said in Mark, he said, hey, remember, this is not just about the leaves doing their work. Leaves get their strength, Jesus says, from the condition of the heart. This is something that is down deep. We, we give out what is happening in the heart. And Peter and Paul, they both said, maybe Mary said it too, Peter, Paul, and Mary. He said, don't repay evil with evil, but instead overcome evil with good. Those are the leaves, overcoming evil with good. So I think we have to spend time in the canopy because that's where we become self-aware. That's where we can see the appropriate boundaries that need to be put into place with toxic people and environments. That's where we manage our internal energy in the canopy. And then in our roots, that's our support system. That, that's, that's, where, that's where we have help. We need help dealing with this, this evilness around us, this toxicity. And that leads to healthy leaves. So, Jasmine, why don't you, why don't you guys come on up? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring it in for landing. The trees are speaking. And I, I keep asking myself, am I listening? Am I listening to the trees? I long for transcendence. Therefore, i got to ask the question, where's my canopy? Where's your canopy? It may not be 175 feet in the tree. That might not be wise for you. But we've got to have a canopy. And I long to belong. So I, I keep asking myself, where are my roots? And please, don't hear this as an advertisement at the end of a sermon. But we're starting Grounded Groups in October. It's, it's a place to be known. It's a place to begin to get your roots out there a bit. And I long to help. How fresh are my leaves? And believe me, I mean, it's amazing. Matt told you about uh, the organization Plant with Purpose and the Oaxaca ladies that are going down. And I had no idea that they were launching this, but they're doing this tree fundraiser. I couldn't be happier and more supportive and will donate to that a dollar a tree, and their goal is 5,000 trees. And I was told on the beach they're almost there, and maybe, maybe we can help them. Planting trees is a beautiful thing we can do for our planet. And listening to those trees talk to us is even more important. So as we worship, as we go to the table, as we thank Jesus for this bread and this cup and his sacrifice on the tree, May we have ears to hear, especially ears to hear the lyrics of this song that Jasmine's going to lead us in. It is beautiful and it's full of life. God of creation. There from the start, before the beginning of time 
point of reference You spoke to the dark and fleshed out the wonder of life And as you speak A hundred billion galaxies are born In the vapor of your breath the planet Oh, oh, oh. 
chased down my heart through all of my failure and pride. On a hill you created the light of the world, abandoned in darkness to What meant you could amount to your deeds? 